Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mr. Hicks Sports Podcast. We are here getting it in once again, time and time again. So big shout out to my guy, Chris Gilbert, guy I went to high school with, played ball with, had an amazing son who's going to be coming up and playing D1 football, playing offensive guard down there in Violin, New Jersey. And uh, he hit me up a couple of days ago and said, hey, why don't you, uh, you're a college football guy, you do college football shows, let's talk about NIL, talk about how uh, NIL is affecting the game right about now. And um, you know what? There's a lot to talk about here, a lot to unpack. So we're going to go along and we're going to get it all in because I think that NIL is a big factor, but it's not the only factor. And I believe it's not even the main factor, but it's a, it is a thing. So let's go ahead and talk about it. So NIL, for those of you who don't know, is name, image, and likeness. So the Supreme Court came down and was basically told the NCAA, you guys are running a racket here. There is no way that there is that you should be collecting money and not giving anybody who's playing on the field and getting any money. This whole idea of amateurism, you've gotten away with it for too long, and now it's time to let these guys make some money. So instead of paying the players directly, they have allowed for the first time for players to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. That's what NIL stands for. So this is something, I mean, this is honestly a broken system and nobody was really taking it serious anymore. There was so much money floating around that players were getting paid under the table. 18, 19-year-old kids are showing up with Mercedes and Benzes and, and, and all kinds of custom-made cars that you knew very well that they couldn't afford. Their moms were getting cars. Their bills were getting paid. People were getting new jobs all of a sudden. And we were all just turning a blind eye and acting like we didn't know where that money was coming from. So... Basically, and then the NFL and the NBA have basically gotten away with not having their own developmental league. They're letting college do it for them. So, and like you go over in Europe and you go to other countries, they have their own developmental leagues for their professional sports. They pay for those developmental leagues. It's not done by high schools, not done by college. They pay for it themselves. So, and in this country, we've been lucky enough to have college to do it for them, and the money's been getting made. And the players have not been getting paid along with it in the form of quote unquote amateurism. So lately the TV deals have been getting absolutely massive to the point where the SEC is their new deal. They're leaving CBS and they're going with Fox. It's going to be a, a 10 year, $3 billion deal billion with a B and they each team, each football team, uh, not to each football team, each team in the SEC is going to get $68 million a year from TV revenue alone guaranteed. That's a lot of money, yo. For the players to get none of it, it's still crazy to me. The coaches are getting paid upwards of $10 million. Some college coaches are getting paid. I mean, what's, I, I don't know what um, James Franklin's agent must be absolutely freaking amazing because he had his worst season he was like seven and five last year and he got a pay raise and an extension and and mel tucker got the eight nine million dollars last year for beating michigan two years in a row i mean good for him for coming in two years going in gangbusters and really working the transfer portal and showing dudes how they can turn around really quickly and get it done uh and then it's ironic that you know that Michigan State stole a coach and then had to end up paying them a lot of money because they were afraid that somebody was going to come steal the coach that they stole from Colorado. Really interesting there. So 
if the NCAA, in my mind, if the NCAA had dealt with this a long time ago and just gave the kids a stipend and just said something that the kids get paid, you wouldn't have to deal with this mess. So if you want to be mad at, mad at anybody, don't be mad at the kids. Don't even be mad at the teams. Don't be mad at the boosters. Be mad at the NCAA. Because the NCAA had a lot of time to get out in front of this and just didn't. So, you know, boo on them for not doing it. They threw, and now there's no rules. They just, they just, no oversight, just, just, Somebody take care of this and pay them however you want to, and we don't want anything to do with it. And then later on, I'm going to try to come in and go, oh, you can't pay them like that. Well, well, you didn't give anybody any rules, so you can't be breaking any rules when you didn't give anybody any freaking rules. So with the main schools that are going out and going crazy about this, where the ones you hear about mostly are the Texas teams. And here's the thing about Texas. Texas cares about football more than any other state. I am wholly believe that. They care about it in Florida. They don't have as much money in Florida to care about it with than they do in Texas. They care about it in California, but they I think they care about high school football in California more than they care about college football. Because if you notice, the college football teams suck. They 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 big suck. They 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 big hairy suck. So the only one that's even remotely worth talking about right now is USC. It's because USC's got a lot of history and they're not great right now, but they've got the potential to get really good right now, really quickly with Lincoln Riley and NIL and the transfer portal. But right now they're not very good. None of the California teams are any good. So but Texas, however, Texas has the care. They care about it and they've got the money to put into it. So the Longhorns and the Aggies are out front right now. If you just notice, you know this, uh, Texas now has Quinn Ewers, who was a generational uh, uh, quarterback, and Arch Manning, who I will contend is not a generational talent, but he is a generational name, and he will really help them to recruit. Uh, so he's going to really help them recruit along with NIL and the transfer portal. Those of you who don't know that Texas uh, is basically Alabama West, I guess you could say, and they're bringing in, they brought in uh, Jai Hall, they brought in Jaleel Billingsley, I think they brought in one more player, they brought in like a defensive tackle from Alabama, because Steve Sarkeesian was the offensive coordinator there, and has a lot of ties, and they're like, well, we'll just bring over Alabama's rejects, and try to beat Alabama next year, I am guessing that Alabama's going to beat them by 25 at least, Alabama's going to try to spank them, and I'm, I am so here for it. That's going to be a noon kickoff. I think it's one of the first couple of games of the, of the year. I believe it's week two. The Longhorns are playing Alabama at home. It's going to be a great show. So, um, And also, we talk about NIL and recruiting. Uh, the Aggies had the number one recruiting class of all time. They had more five stars in this class than they've had in the past six years. And then, according to Nick Saban, uh, they bought every player. $25 million, that's the number that kept getting thrown out. It was a real war going back and forth between the two of them. They were literally like cats and dogs living together, uh, uh, talking a lot of smack in the media and all that. Um, and be careful about this because, like, it's not – when it comes to Texas, it ain't going to be just the usual suspects because uh, the SMU is right there in Dallas. There's a lot of money to be there. And then in Houston, Houston is going to be joining the Pac – not the Pac-12, the Big 12 uh, in 2024 or 25. And the Fertitta brothers – uh, the guys that own the, I think they own the Luxor and the MGM Grand and the casinos, they got casino money coming in there. Like, you know how Oregon has Nike money. I'm not sure casino money is as big as Nike money, but I'm pretty sure that's going to help out. So there's going to be big money coming through here. And, um, right. uh, so the big thing to me is that I'm not particularly worried 
about NIL. And that sounds like, like how could you not be worried about this? And like, it's, a, it's ruining the game. These kids are getting paid and now it's going to be, a, now, now, no, mind you, there are going to be some problems here. So like these kids coming out of high school are going to be making a lot of money and they're going to be making more money than some of their position coaches. Like, I don't know if you know about this, but like grad coaches and position coaches, when they first get started, like quality control, grad assistants, they don't make any money, any money. They're literally like sleeping on people's couches. Some of them sleeping in people's cars. I'm, I, I'm going to assume that those pops that you hear in the background are, um, yeah. Uh, just a moment, folks. Yeah, so I hope those are fireworks. <laughs> I live in a, a decent neighborhood, but not a great one. So, you know, we're all going to just hope and pray that those were just some early celebrations for this uh, for this coming weekend. So, um, back to what I was saying. It's like these kids are, are going to be making more money than some of the coaches that are going to be coaching them. It's kind of hard to, you know, the guy says, like, go run a lap. And, you know, he drove in in a Prius or uh, drove in in an in a old uh beat up Ford and you drove in in a Mercedes, but like, no coach, you go run the laps. I don't think so. I think you're going to be some attitude problems there, depending on the program. Um, so also one of the main reasons I don't think it's going to be that big a deal is because there's only going to be a couple of teams that can really do it. And what teams are really going to be able to do it? The same teams that have been competing with each other all this time anyway. So like you might have a couple of programs that got more money than they got sense, but that's always been that. There's been most, a couple of teams that have more pro, more money than they have since. That's why the Texas teams are the ones that are out there throwing the money around. Um, but look at what happened last year. Like there was a big deal when Spencer Rattler came out. Spencer Rattler got a big deal. He got a, he was out here rocking a chain with his new symbol and he was selling T-shirts and all that good stuff. He got the first big fat deal. How'd that work out? You know, Spencer Rattler was playing for Oklahoma. He was supposed to be, they, they were highly ranked coming into the season. They were, you know, he was going to be a Heisman Trophy finalist. What happened? He got benched for a freshman during the Texas game. And then he had to get transferred to Southern Cal, to uh, South Carolina. So I'm pretty sure the people that gave up money for NIL for Spencer Rattler, not exactly what they had in mind. So, and for those of you who don't know, one of the top quarterbacks coming out in the class of 2023 is a man named Nicholas Iamaliava. The kid is 6'6", 210 pounds, has an arm like a whip, and is really super athletic. And um, I think he is head and shoulders better than Arch Manning, but I digress. So supposedly, Tennessee has given him an $8 million NIL deal to come play for the Volunteers. California is one of the few states that actually allows for kids to make money over their NIL deals, NIL deals while they're in high school. So I don't know how any of this is going to pay out or plan out. Apparently the eight mil, the full eight mil only happens if he stays all four years. So what they're calling an $8 million deal, a lot of it is in like cars and apartments and all other kinds of incentives. And it's not, it's not just cutting them a check for $8 million. It's the whole deal is worth $8 million per se, but Here's a couple of things I think people are not thinking about. He might suck. 
Like, I don't think he's going to suck, but he wouldn't be the first five-star player not to live up to standards. There's a lot of five-star, four- and five-star guys that are transferring right now. Uh, like, JT Daniels is on team number three. And he was a, a, a high uh, a four-star player. So there's, there's plenty of those that went to the first team they went to and didn't work out. What would have happened if JT Daniels got a huge NIL deal to come from USC and then he transfers to Georgia and then he transfers to Virginia Tech, not, not to but the West Virginia? I'm pretty sure the people that paid when they, he was at USC and he was at Georgia are going to be pretty pissed. And I don't know if they're going to try to cough up money again. I mean, so for Ian Maliava, he's getting paid all this money. What if he gets injured? You're going to keep giving this money if he gets injured? And by the way, Tennessee might suck. So they pay all this money for the quarterback. Are they going to pay for everybody else? They're going to pay to get him an offensive line. They're going to pay to get him receivers. They're going to pay to get him a running game. It's still Tennessee. So Tennessee is going to have a quarterback and nothing else. Why is he going to stay? Oh, by the way, he might transfer because the team sucks, because he's the only good player there. He's still in the SEC. He's still going to play Georgia. He's still got to play Florida. So he might get there and be like, you know what? I thought this was really going to work out. Not. He might bail. After you gave him all that money. Now, of course, he only gets paid that money if he's at Tennessee. But if he's going to transfer someplace else, I'm sure they're going to give him a deal too. So, okay, uh, by the way, and here's the thing that I think nobody's thinking about. So, how is the team going to deal with the pressure to play him right away? Whether he's ready to play or not. So, the, the starter is going to go out there. If it's the kid's coming in, he's going to be a true freshman. Uh, yeah, he's built built for the game, it seems, and he seems like he's ready to go in there. But you don't know. The, the college game is so much faster. The players are so much bigger and better. that, And he's playing in the SEC. So how many freshmen come out and light it up in the first year of playing college football when they're in the SEC? I'm going to guess not very many. So let's say the, the quarterback comes out of the team, and, and he does really bad. And what are they going to do? They're going to call for Nicholas Iamaliava. I don't know how you would chant that. Iamalia, Iamalia, Nick, Nick, whatever, whatever they're going to say. Uh, the, the point is, what if you want to redshirt him and you can't because everybody's under all this pressure to pay the guy they paid all this money, to play the guy they paid all this money to? And how is he going to handle the pressure? So say you do start him right away and he's not ready for it. He's not bad. He's just a freshman playing in the SEC. But he's getting paid $8 million. So paying paid $8 million, they expect you to go out there and, and earn. You're not just a kid anymore, man. You decided to get that money. That money comes with some responsibilities. You got that bread. Now go win them, get to win these games. And what if he can't do it? Anybody ever thought about that? He's only one player. What if with everything they give him, you still can't beat Georgia? So the boost is going to still keep coming out with money like that if you still can't win? There's so many things about this that I feel like they're just not even talking about. And by the way, so Texas A&M supposedly spent $25 million on their class this year. Did they really? I'm not really sure. But, you know, I'm, Nick Saban apparently is very sure that it was $25 mil. Um, So here's the thing. Texas A&M has had great recruiting classes before. Uh, they've had a lot of those guys. I think Texas A&M just recruits knuckleheads. So, like, you'll see a guy who'll come in. He'll be great for a year. And then be a flash in the pan, or there'll be a, somebody that was supposed to be. I, I know a Demond Demas is a receiver that we looked at. Me, and my son, and I were like, "This guy's going to light the NCAA on fire." The kid's amazing. He has barely played in two years, and then he just got kicked off the team for uh, sexual assault. So there's another player that they brought in. I think they just bring in knuckleheads. They don't manage to get it together. And for a fact that Jimbo Fisher is a win, a national champion winning 
college football coach. They they're so inexplicable in the ways they find to lose games that they beat Alabama last year. They found a way to lose to Arkansas and then they'll lose two more games. They lost to LSU last year. A really struggling, really bad LSU team. So I'm like, I'm not worried about Texas A&M. I'm not worried about A&M. A&M manages to fumble the bag every year. Even when they do good, they manage to mess it up. So it's like bad teams are bad teams. doesn't matter how much money you throw at it. There's still the problem. The problem is going to be now, now it's going to be now the turd's going to be sparkly. Now this turd's going to have diamonds in it. It's going to be gold encrusted, but it's still going to be a turd. Now, let's get to uh, what I think is really going to be the problem. See, I think the much bigger problem is going to be the transfer portal. I think the combination of NIL and the transfer portal has made NIL look like it's the problem. But I think the transfer portal is actually a much bigger issue. The difference is the transfer portal is more like, you know, I'd say, I would say like the, uh, the NIL is like trying to, it's, it's like an ax murderer. And uh, the transfer portal is more like a a surgeon. You know, it's like, it's like the one guy's coming at you with an ax, one guy's coming at you with a scalpel. I feel like the transfer portal allows people to be very selective and get guys that they know can play and can come in and play right away. So you know, you throw a lot of money at a bunch of kids out of high school, they might be able to play, they're not, they might not. They're gonna get paid and you have no idea how they're gonna act when they get paid. Well, but the transfer portal, you're getting guys that have already played college football, have already been in the college weight room, have already got college football experience, they've already been in the college classroom, you know they can stay eligible, slide right in, start right away. Which one of them is gonna be the real problem? So let's look at USC. USC has finally got a coach uh, that can come in here, Lincoln Riley, that can come in here and do big things. USC has made the investment. Wonderful, wonderful new football facility, by the way. Really, really nice. And um, the money, they got the money. They went big. They brought in Lincoln Riley. And then what did Lincoln Riley do? Lincoln Riley brought uh, a, a lot of his offense with him. Specifically, he brought in quarterback Kayla Williams and wide receiver Mario Williams. Then they came and added wide receiver from Pitt, Jordan Addison. And that was a big deal. We're going to hit the, talk about that a little later. So um, Texas got real smart. They came in, they get um, Quinn Ewers, who transfers from Ohio State, a generational qual- uh, quarter, uh, quarterback prospect. Plus they bring in Jalil, Jalil Billingsley and Ajay Hall from Alabama. And speaking of Alabama, this is the real problem is that Alabama is the surgeon. Alabama knows how to take the things that everybody else is messing up, and Alabama is going to come in here and make very precise cuts. Alabama is going to be deliberate in their actions and their movement. They're not going to miss. So let me show you what Alabama did this year. Now Alabama, they used to just get the best players out of high school. Now Alabama is using college football, and they're going to go to recruit college football as well. Yeah, I'm going to show you how they do it. So last year, they brought in Jameis William, Jameis William, Jamison Williams from Ohio State, uh, where that receiver room was so ridiculous that he knew he wasn't going to get a lot of playing time when Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson both decided to come back instead of going in the NFL draft. He was like, I'm not going to get any burn here. 
So he decides to transfer and goes to Alabama. Imagine how good that receiver room has to be that you can transfer from Ohio State to Alabama, become Alabama's number one wide receiver, and get drafted in the first round. Like, how ridiculous is that Ohio State wide receiver room? But the thing is, like, the thing that people never thought about, now there's a blueprint. Yeah. So now, oh, so let me get this straight. I leave the team that I'm on. I go to Alabama. I start right away. And then I go in the first round and I get money. That sounds good. So you know who did that? So let's look at uh, wide receiver Tyler Harrell is a four-star uh, four-star wide receiver running a sub-4-3-40. Um, for those of you who don't know how disgusting that is, uh, there's a handful of humans on the planet that can actually do that, and he's one of them. And he's going to be the new speedster in that Alabama offense. Uh, wide receiver Jermaine Burton, former four-star from Georgia, the team that they just lost two in the national title game now imagine that you're like you're like literally like we just beat alabama and then he finds out oh stetson bennett's coming back he's going to be the starter no i'm out no i'm out he's trying to go in the first round of the nfl draft and he knows he ain't going to do that with get any numbers with stetson bennett being his quarterback so he transfers to alabama the team that they just beat in the national championship how about this one offensive attacker tyler steen four-star Tackle from Vanderbilt is going to Alabama. What happens with that kid? He's already a four-star. He's proven he's as good as he's going to be. And uh, Vanderbilt's not going to get no better. So what the hell is he staying at Vanderbilt for? See what I'm saying? Jameer Gibbs, former five-star from Georgia Tech. He said he transferred into Alabama. And because of when he transferred, he was able to be at practice for the national championship game, for the final four, basically, the two games that Alabama played. Uh, and they said he walked in the door the best running back on Alabama's roster. Yeah, this kid is an absolute stud. And that's Alabama's running back room. He did that too. They said he put him, they put him on the on the scout team, and their defense was just bamboozled. The kid was amazing. So look at that. So these kids that are transferring in, they've already got game experience. If Alabama, from now on, if Alabama has any holes to fill, like, oh, we need some help at defensive line. We need some help at linebacker. We need some, some help at wide receiver. Alabama's going to go right into the transfer portal and pick the best player. Not only that, like, and you think that's the problem. I think it gets worse than that. Since this is what I mean when I said Alabama is now going to recruit all of college football. You see, Jameer Gibbs was being recruited by Alabama out of high school. But the thing is, Jameer Gibbs wouldn't have been able to play right away in Alabama. He would have had to sit because they have like three or four other four or five-star running backs ahead of him on Alabama's roster. But because he went to Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech probably told him, hey, you go to Alabama, you have to sit. You come here to Georgia Tech, you'll be able to play right away. And he did. And he was he played great. Even though Georgia Tech was terrible, he played great. So what does that mean? That means that Alabama gets to see him in the weight room. They get to see him playing against ACC competition as a starter, as a freshman. And they get to tell now, is he the dude that we thought he was going to be or not? Oh, he is. Okay. So you know what I do? If I'm the back man or, or if I'm even like the running back coach or of uh, Alabama, I call his high school coach. Now, I'm not supposed to mention the name of any uh, 
players that are on any other team. But I might mention to his his trainer, his old trainer, his running back trainer, or his seven on seven coach, or his old high school coach. Like, yeah, man, that other running back that you guys had a couple of years ago, the one that went to Georgia Tech, he looks really nice. Man, if he was in the transfer portal, we would really be interested in that guy. Well, good talking to you, coach. See you later. And uh, that guy, the next day, goes in the transfer portal, and Alabama picks him up. It happens that quick. Because um, if you were running back at Georgia Tech and Georgia Tech wasn't going nowhere, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you leave Georgia Tech for Alabama if you got a hint, a sniff, that Alabama wanted you? By the way, you can go in the transfer portal. You can go right back. So if you, so if you just said, I decide to tell Georgia Tech, I'm going to go in the transfer portal, and then he doesn't see a deal that he likes, do you think Georgia Tech ain't going to take him back? There's no risk. There's literally no risk for you to do it. And, and, and Alabama can run this game with any player any time they want to. So they don't have to worry about paying a kid a bunch of money, uh, NIL money, and finding out that he can't play. I'm not worried about it. We'll pay the kids that we know can play. And by the way, here's something else that I didn't realize. Um, not just the players. I was looking at a list. If you look at 24-7, they have a transfer portal list of all the players that are leaving and all the kids that are coming back in. So coming who are coming in. And there were way more players leaving than coming in. Like a lot of players. So Alabama had some three-star dudes. Now, this is over a couple of years, mind you. Not just the case from like last year. But because of, I think, because of the uh, COVID, kids got to stay a little longer. And I think what's happening is some new guys are coming in and some guys, they're realizing, some guys are realizing that, hey, I'm just not Alabama material and I'm going to go ahead and leave. So those guys are going on the greener pastures or not necessarily greener pastures, but greener pastures for them. But now Alabama can go, oh, you don't want to run. You don't want to go to class. You don't want to do as we tell you to do. You know what? I don't think things are working out. Maybe you should uh, hit your transfer portal and uh, find some place that's a better fit for you. We don't think you're going to work out here at Alabama. And then Alabama can just go into the transfer portal, pull out whatever they want. Yeah, since these guys are coming out and it's they're immediately eligible and Alabama is going to be better top to bottom than everybody else. They're not just going to be great at the top. They're going to be able to fill their holes. Pause. They're going to be able to fix whatever problems they have in and out of the transfer portal right away. And they're going to be good immediately. Alabama's never going to have problems now. And you think NIL is the problem? Everybody else is going to mess with NIL. Alabama's just going to come pick your pocket. Georgia can't do it. Georgia ain't good enough. Yeah, Georgia won a national championship last year. And they won a national championship while Alabama was as young as I have ever seen them with as bad a defense as I think they're ever going to have with an offensive line that was shaky. That's not going to happen again. With the recruiting classes they've had, with the the guys they bring in out of the transfer portal, that's not going to happen again. And to think about it, Alabama in a down year made it to the national championship game and still beat Georgia in the SEC championship. I believe Alabama's about to go on a two or three year run starting this year. And if they ever had if they ever need a receiver, they're just going to come take yours. And he's going to be happy to go. Well, that's my time, y'all. Ran really long, and you know what? I really enjoyed it. It really started flowing. Don't care. Had a great time, and I hope you guys did too.
Take it easy.